All right, it's nine o'clock on Wednesday. It's October 2nd. I can't believe it. It's October 2nd already. Like this year, I thought it was going by slow, but in actuality, it seems to be moving right along. So we're already in October, which puts us about what, 12, 11 weeks from Christmas and less for Thanksgiving, right? About eight weeks before we get to Thanksgiving. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I love the holiday season. I know most of us do enjoy the holiday season. So here it comes, full speed ahead, whether we're ready for it or not. So I'm Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed, and it's Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Hi, Sheila. Thank you. It's Wednesday night at 9 p.m., and we're going to have get ready for our show tonight. Um, I'm really having a great time doing the shows. I'm learning a lot about myself. The funny thing is that once I go back and listen to the broadcast, I'm really getting some good information even from me and not realizing the clarity at which I'm able to discuss things with you guys and to tell you things that have happened to me. So these are like my therapy sessions and you guys are my therapists. So Thank you very much. Hi, Misty. Thanks for joining. So thank you very much for um, allowing me to talk to you guys and to have these therapy sessions. So as always, we get started with three cheers of joy. It's really, um, I've missed you too. It's really like one of my favorite things to do when I'm looking at the three cheers of joy. And it's amazing because I have to really look back over my week to see which three things are make the cut for being my favorite three things or my three cheers of joy. So I'm drinking two things tonight. I have Hornitos tequila in my Yeti and I'm drinking the Hornitos because I've had it for like three weeks and I haven't finished the bottle yet. So that tells you how sucky I've been feeling if I haven't been drinking. And I'm drinking, this is a new one, bubbly sparkling water. And I get this from Target. I guess it's available anywhere now, but I usually see it at Target, maybe at Winn-Dixie. And I know I think Florida is the only one that still has Winn-Dixie around. So that's what I'm drinking tonight. So I have two things. And my appetite is kind of shifting from where I usually drink a lot of liquor or wine to now I'm drinking more sparkling water and less liquor and wine. So I guess that's good. But, um, you know, I guess we grow up and, you know, so I guess or maybe I'll get back to the liquor. <laughs> Either way, whatever. I've got two things tonight. So let's start out with three cheers of joy. And as I said, I have Hornitos tequila. So my three cheers of joy tonight. Um, first of all, I'm getting a lot of freaking likes on my Virtues of Joy Facebook page and my Joy Exposed Facebook page. So I'm really pleased with that. And because, you know, I don't really know how the um, technology works. I don't know if because I'm posting stuff, Facebook automatically sends it out because it's people outside of my friends list. So I think that it's now getting exposure in other places. Either way, it's got enough goodness on there that people are liking my page. So I'm really happy for that. I'm almost to a thousand on um, the virtues of joy and I'm like 800 and something on um, joy exposed. So it's growing. So more exposure, more people get to listen to what I'm talking about. And that really makes me happy. So cheers to that. And hi, Viandi and hi, Leon. Thank you guys for joining. I appreciate you. And um, my second cheer of joy is that I have a reading in Gainesville on Sunday. I'm getting a little freaked out about it because I haven't received my books yet. But that's okay because if I have some book sales, I'll just mail them when I get back. So, and that's another, I've learned that because I used to get all panicky, like I should cancel and all of this. But I realized that most of the time when you are going to see people, they want you for you. They're not necessarily interested in the physical, that material thing. They want you, they want to share with you and your energy and hear what you have to say and bask in you and touch you and love on you and have you reciprocate those feelings. So cheers to my reading in Gainesville. I'm excited about it because I lived in Gainesville for several years. So I'll get to see some of my old co-workers while I'm there and my really good friend, Stephanie. She and I always keep in touch and you guys heard me talk about her. Um, often, so I'll get to see her as well. So I'm really excited about Gainesville. Cheers. My third cheer of joy that I had to think about that I would choose tonight just caught me off guard, but I'm very appreciative of it. It's my ex-husband. 
go figure. So I'm celebrating him tonight because he's proving to be at this point and maybe he's getting a little softer and gentler in his old age and because he has a new wife. But I'm celebrating him this week as my third cheer of joy because he's just been um, forthright with information and very direct with me. And I appreciate that. So I don't know if it's necessarily him or if it's me that can appreciate it, but like we have to go in November to visit the University of Florida with our son. So he, um, you know, we've been coordinating that. So we got that taken care of. And then I got a call the other day about the courts filing charges against my brother-in-law, which is his brother. And I was all nervous. Now I haven't seen him in like 20 years, but the fact that they called me saying I was the person of kin, I was like, oh my God, what do I do? And I called him and he's just like, call him and tell me you ain't seen him in 20 years. What, what you gonna do? And I just really appreciated the frankness of it. And maybe it was no big deal, but the fact that he's just like, able to give me information and um, just to kind of guide me through that situation that meant a lot to me. And um, lastly, ugh, I just kicked myself for this today. I forgot my son was having an IV pinning for his ceremony last night. And you guys know I've been in the yucky yuck space, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Anyway, I forgot the ceremony was last night and I didn't go. But this this morning, my ex-husband sent me pictures from the ceremony. This is the first time he's ever sent me pictures of the kids when he's had them or he's done something with them, like ever, ever, since ever. Like if I wasn't there to see it myself, I didn't see it. But he'd sent me pictures and I really appreciated that. And, and um, that meant a lot to me. So my third celebration tonight is my ex-husband and he's proving to be a better ex-husband than husband. For me anyway, so cheers to him. So those are my three cheers of joy. My likes on my social pages increasing, my reading in Gainesville on Sunday, and my ex-husband is proving to be a human after all this time. I'm very happy about that. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Katie. So I'm very happy about that. So cheers to all of you. I hope you have some things that you're celebrating, and I would love for you to share them what you're celebrating for this week. So I think this week, I've been kind of going back and forth about my Woman Crush Wednesday. And I think I'm going to do something a little non-traditional tonight because last week I found out that one of my former students died. And um, that has really just held on to me in a unique space. And because I don't really have a lot of death around me, I never have. We didn't have a very big family. So, you know, people die in my family like every few years. So there's not ever like a lot of death around me, even people that I know. And it's more, it's disconnected from me. But one of my students died and uh, a former student, she was no longer at the, because I teach alternative schools. So that means when they come to me, it's a short stint, a semester, a year, but nothing longer than that. They don't get to stay. Well, when she was with me, I think she was 14. And now she's, well, she was 16 when she passed away last week. And that's just really gripped me in a way that just had me so uncomfortable and reflective. And I just had to remind myself that when I go to work and when I'm touching these students and teaching these students and building relationships with them, that I'm really giving everything that I can give. You guys don't even understand. Like, I have so many rules about what I can and can't do on a school night. I got to get rest because I can't go to work tired because the kids need me. They need my energy, they need my time, they can't be dismissed, like they need it. So I really take that to heart. So I had to remind myself that I gave her what I could give her during the time that I had access to her. And so what happened, um, what I heard from the students, uh, one of her, well, her best friend actually was the one that called and told me, and I still keep in touch, I keep in touch with a few of them not on Facebook, so they don't know this side of me, but they'll have my number to text me that they have a dance coming up or a football game, you know, that kind of thing. So I still try to stay connected. But anyway, so one of the students called and told me that she died. And um, after doing a little research, I found out that she had just gotten out of Department of Juvenile Justice. She had um, been there for 21 days and she went in for fighting her mom. So she and her mom got in a fight and um, she is a fighter. She is a hell of a fighter too. She does not mind. She did not mind. And so she got out on Monday and I think she died in her sleep. 
on Tuesday from a seizure. So that really just got me like, damn, like, so I was thinking about it from her perspective. And then I was thinking about it from her mom's perspective. Like, so I'm processing from for so many different ways. And I finally just had to seal my thoughts with a kiss. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, ruminating. What if I would have done this? Could I have done this? What can I do? Do I reach out? Do I, like, I went through all of this stuff about what to do. And then I, I was just reminded that my time with her was my time with her and I gave her everything that I could give and she got to a place that she was able to exit and go on with her life. So I really had to just seal the thought of her with a kiss. So instead of having my traditional woman crush Wednesday, woman crush Wednesday, I'm going to give it to her. I'm going to give it to Nia. It's um, It belongs to her because she's 16 years old and she had a rough one. If you and I see it with my kids all the time. And I just love them. It makes me so emotional. But if you have grown up your life and you fight, if you're a fighter and you have to fight in your home and fight outside of your home, you've really had a tough moment. You're having a tough life. And I just hate that the conversation or the thought was that she was fighting with her mom. And I, I can't imagine the way her mom feels now after the fact. So, you know, cheers to Nia. She's resting. She's not fighting anymore. And she's going to be at peace. And her death was not in anybody's time. It was her time. You know, it was just what, that's what death is. And we have to recognize it. So that's really been weighing on me heavy for the past week and a half. And and I don't. I'm, I process everything. I'm such an emotional processor. I just get into this weird ass space, and I have to allow my emotions to just sit there with me. And that's what I've been doing with her, which probably explains some of the energy that I've had and the way that I have not been interacting on social media. Yes, Legendre, you're exactly right. The mom needs more healing, right? The mom needs more healing, and hopefully, she has a support system around her to do it, to have the healing or I don't even, I haven't even, other than reaching out, offering my condolences, I haven't been moved to the next thing. If it's to send a gift to the family or if it's, I don't know what the next thing is. And I actually even thought about doing something at the school in her name. So I just, I don't know, but um, that's a tough one, right? Because I have kids. I mean, you know, most of us have kids and you think about your child, you fighting your kid, you're like, come step over here if you want to. I'm going to tap that ass for sure. Like, that's me as a mom. Like, come on if you want to. But, uh, but for the child to have the thought to do that, that's already in such a yucky space. So, yeah. Anyway, so anyway, so I'm saluting Nia tonight and she's 16 and that means if she's chosen to leave this earth, that means that her path, her purpose was already filled. Like she was chosen, so she did what she was supposed to do and we have to trust that God knows and we have to just respect that. So she's my woman crush Wednesday, Nia, 16 years old, um, sophomore in high school and her life ended last Tuesday and she was a beautiful, beautiful spirit. And you know, let me tell you the th one of the other things. As a teacher in this day and age, back in the day, our teachers would take pictures and do stuff and they would have stuff of us. But now you're hesitant to do that. And especially because I'm in the alternative school setting, some of our kids are in protective custody. People don't know they're there. So you can't post them and put on social media and stuff. But because I'm what I teach science, I do take a lot of pictures in the classroom of the students and experiments. And, you know, sometimes we'll be silly and do some selfie shots. And I was able to go through my pictures from the past couple of years and find pictures of her. And it was probably one of my most accomplished moments that I was able to capture her with a smile on her face. She never gave me I never got the negative yuck from her. I always got the calm side of her. Like, so that was really just good for me to have had, 
an opportunity to share that with her and to be a part of her life. So I'm grateful for it and I'll always treasure that moment. So congratulate, not congratulations, but rest in peace, Nia. Your time was here, you fulfill your purpose and it's time to move on. And I'm so grateful to have had the opportunity to know you. Whew, that's I've had such heavy shows, right? So I'm gonna, I'll keep moving forward. One of the things that I mentioned just a few minutes ago is that I've been in such a yucky space. Now, let me, I, I made a video a couple years ago, maybe a year ago about depression. And I, I know I, I cannot be the only person that suffers from depression. Like, and it's not even depression like I'm on medication for it. It's like certain times it used to be certain times of the month and now at certain times of the year, I get into this yucky ass low, like I can barely even move. I'm in such a low space. I can barely move. I'm in such a low space. And that's where I was for like Monday last week through the weekend. I could never get out of it. So I've had some triggers. And I think one of the triggers that puts me in this low space is when I have to say goodbye to my faceless love. Like, cause he lives in Atlanta. So when he comes down here, he's there, here for six, 10 days, sometimes longer. So when we say goodbye, that's like a very low ass, uh, yuck, yuck moment. And we, he and I both, we get in such a yucky space like the day before it's time for him to go that we can barely even talk to each other before we want to just erupt in tears and just like we just it's so emotional because we share so much love and he left on monday and i say that um so not monday two days ago monday last week he left on monday and i i even said that is the mondayest that was the Mondayest Monday ever. Like it was like the longest day. And I left, he left me, I went to work. I was almost in tears all day. He, we just, he went home, he got back to Atlanta. We could even tell how solemn we were. So that's kind of the energy we keep for like 48 hours. Like we can't get back into work mode. It's like, we're dying, like we wanna be together. And I think it's weird for both of us because we're almost 50. And we're now experiencing this amazing love for like the first time in our lives. <laughs> so I think maybe if we were younger, I don't even remember it being this intense when we were younger, but we experienced this crazy ass love at this age. And now it's worth it. But I think it's more understandable when the kid, when you're younger and you're like, oh, you, it'll get better. But when you're older, you're like, okay, I gotta make it better. And so we're just trying to figure that piece out. But anyway. So he left, then I found out about Antronia, about Nia passing. And I think that just spiraled me into this yucky ass low that I was couldn't even really get out of. And I finally started, I went to the golf course a couple of times just trying to get rid of some of that energy. And I even posted on Facebook that I was feeling so restless. Like, I was like, I'm so restless, like Jesus, like I wanted to just take off running and I couldn't figure out what it was. Now, here's the thing. In the past, when I felt that way, I became my biggest, um, I became my biggest uh, saboteur. I became the, per I was sabotaging relationships around me, getting rid of things because I felt like I need to do something. So this time when I felt like that, and even faceless love, I used to break up with him all the time. I'd be like, fuck you, I'm not doing this. It's a waste of time, you're too far away, blah, blah, blah. I snap on his ass like every month and he would be like the next morning, like, hey, pretty girl, how are you today? <laughs> you know, men expect there to be some kind of and I was definitely giving. So, but now when I felt that way and I was talking to him, he is just so patient and kind and loving that he can see it. He probably sees it before I see it, that I'm going into this space. And he's just like, I do love you. I'm thinking of you. And I was just like, I love you too. You know, I just had to, I don't even think I said I love you too. I think I said I know, right? So it was just kind of this yuck space that I've just been feeling. So Sunday, 
I was laying in the bed all day Sunday, like barely walking around the house. Just felt like shit. I wasn't drinking anything, nothing, water, liquor, wine, nothing. I wasn't eating. I think I ate some grapes. I just was yuck, 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 yuck. And I was laying in the bed, like having this moment, this low ass moment. And then I reminded myself, like, bitch, you climbed a mountain. You climbed not only a mountain, you climbed a volcano. Like, bitch. So I just literally start talking to myself about amazing things that I've done in my life. And when I was in Naples, Italy, I did. I climbed, I climbed Mount Vesuvius. It's an active volcano. It's dormant. But I had to sit there. I, <clears throat> I laid there and thought about it and reminded myself, Bitch, you're bad. You're badass. Like you, you can, you can do this. Get yourself out of this. And so, I kind of start talking to myself. And I guess it's a coping mechanism. I don't know, but I started talking to myself about that. And I literally was laying in the bed, thinking about. And it's amazing how clear these things just popped up in my mind. Thinking about how my feet felt on the actual volcano in the sandy, sooty volcano, like how my feet felt and how I was sweating so hard and how I was trying to convince myself to stop. That Now, I was by myself. So it was like, no one will know if you don't make it to the top. This is just you. So quit. I was having those legitimate conversations with myself going up the fucking volcano. And I kept going. And I kept going and I would stop and I would rest. And when I say I'd stop, I might have taken 10 steps and stopped. I might have taken five steps and stopped. I might have said, walk to that beam and stop. Like, I, it wasn't like I was walking 100 feet. I was literally pacing myself to walk up this volcano. And so when I was laying in bed, not necessarily feeling sorry for myself, but feeling very weak and feeling very defeated by energies and thoughts and things around me, the fact that I was able to pull from this powerful space of, I hiked up Mount Vesuvius, a volcano, and I got all the way to the top and I was able to look inside. Now, I know that may not seem like a big deal <laughs> to you guys, but to me, that was a, fucking awesome thought to have because I felt like I was dying and it helped me with feeling restless because when I was hiking the mountain I wasn't restless I was exhausted so it almost allowed me to get rid of some of that crazy negative energy that I was having inside thinking about that trek up that mountain right so it really put me in a very good space of just trying to cope with the fact that for whatever reason, I had ended up in this yucky ass space. And so I'm looking here on the messages. Um, and Chandra said, seasonal depression is real. Her mom suffers. Katie says, winter for her. And it's like you start thinking about with winter coming, you start thinking about it. And if you're living in the house with someone who suffers and you get used to what they're doing, you start planning for it. How do you get around it? Thank you guys so much for sharing that. She said uh, it starts kicking around fall all the way into February. It's tough. It's called, and I know that, I don't know that this is the time for it, but I know on the West Coast in like Seattle area, they have high cases of seasonal affective disorder and the acronym is SAD, S-A-D. So I thought that was kind of cool that the, um, acronym was sad because that's how you feel you literally feel sad and it's seasonal affective disorder so i um was really having a tough time with it just past week and i was able to kind of dig into a good space of me and something accomplished that i did and i was able to pull it out so i was very happy about that and um i loved it i still i'm like Dude, I'm a badass. I'm like, I'm a bad bitch. So what am I going to hike next? What am I going to do? And there's nothing really now. I'm like, okay, I can do it. I can do it. And I felt after processing that for a couple of days and going out to the golf course, 
I, this morning I woke up, I felt amazing. Like I felt I was back in love with faceless love. I wasn't unhappy with him. I wasn't unhappy with myself. It was like, I just like, like a screen of fog had been erased from my eyes and I was able to function again. And the good thing about it is when you're in these spaces that people aren't telling you to get out of it and people aren't negating the fact that you're suffering. People are literally supporting you while you're in it. And I really appreciate that from you guys on Facebook. When I posted, I was restless. I got so much great feedback from that. Just trying to be just trying to calm that beast in me. Like I got to do something. And you know, when you're in those restless moments, you can do all kinds of shit in relationships, start one new ones, do some shit. You got to apologize for when you're in that restless space, you don't know what you'll do. So I really appreciate the feedback that I got from my Facebook family. And I definitely appreciate the interaction and feedback I got from faceless love because he's like, I, I, I know you're, I love you. And you know, just that reassurance, he didn't pressure me to do anything, to do anything different. He asked about what I had, you got, did you eat anything? You need to eat something. Do you have this in there? Go eat this. You know, he did that kind of stuff, but it wasn't like, man, you tripping. You've been going through this shit every month. Da, da, da. You know, it wasn't that kind of negative thing. It was more of a, okay, I know that you're, this isn't a good moment for you. And let me just check on the things that I can check on. And um, yeah, so it was just really, just, it was a tough moment for me. Hopefully I'm out of it. I know when I'm in those spaces, I need to probably exercise, do some yoga, something to help me to deal with it. And I was able to do some of that at the golf course, but then I was also able to do it by pulling out some ideas of things that I used to do or things that I have done in my bucket of successes. And that's what I'm thinking about. Climbing Mount Vesuvius was definitely a feat for me and I'm very proud of it. So it's like when you get into those yucky spaces, find some good shit, some goodness that you've done, hold on to it, celebrate it. That's the shit that keeps us from staying in that space and falling in our falling on our face or not getting up. So I was very pleased with that. So and that's me talking about me being in my yucky space. And I got to get out of it because this morning uh, someone asked me, uh, what are you doing to get ready for Los Angeles? <laughs> and I was like, shit. And that's less than a year now. So I was like, I don't know yet, but I'm trying. So that just really made me look forward. So if you think about people who know you and know the goodness that's in front of you and you can't see it you know it's there but you can't see it when they can ask you a question to propel you a year forward and through the muck you got to appreciate that you got to love it so very excited about that now let's see what else um let's see oh how about this how about this week in one of my groups, I made a little confession. I'm going to share it with y'all. I don't know if y'all want to know this or not, but I'm going to share it anyway. So I made a confession in one of my groups. And y'all may know this, y'all may not, but I spent a little bit of time as a dominatrix. So I know y'all, can y'all imagine that? Me, I was badass. Badass. Okay, so I'm going to tell you guys about it a little bit. So I spent a little time as a dominatrix. So that's my Facebook post of the week. Did you know that I was a dominatrix? <laughs> that's the post that I made. So let me just explain it to you. So someone called me and asked me if I were interested in spending a weekend as a dominatrix. So I never thought about it. I mean, what the fuck? Who thinks about I'm gonna be a dominatrix? Unless you've been put in a situation that someone has asked you to be their dominatrix and they want to be your sub or whatever. And there's all this lifestyle about it. It's groups all over Facebook where you can choose a role. Like you can be a dominatrix, you can be a sub or a dom, or you can be a sub or whatever, all kinds of shit out there. Anyway, so I was invited for a weekend and I was I took it because it was all expense paid weekend. <laughs> So I didn't know what I was going to have to do. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't nobody trying to fuck me. Like that was literally my only thing. Like, wait a minute. Is anybody trying to fuck me? So no. Okay. I could probably do it. 
So ain't nobody, you know, trying to take advantage of me, do some crazy shit. They're like, no, if you're the dom, you get to choose your boundaries. You choose what happens and you respect your subspace. So I went and I did that. I that's I, I read about I wrote about this in my book. I think it was the first the second one. I don't know if I wrote about it in the first one, but the second one. Anyway, so I went and I spent a weekend this way. And my sub was this older black guy and um have you said black guy? Well, not really. He's just the older guy. So, you know, that older guys get the belly. I call it the, you know, pouch, the like a little pouch they get when they get older, you know, all their years of football and whatever, whatever. Then they slow down and they start getting a little belly. So that's all. But anyway, he was my sub and I just was like, he was, it was so easy to be his dumb because he was so needy attention what he wanted what he just wanted to please so it ended up being more of a therapy session relationship the time that we spent together because i couldn't understand my mind wouldn't allow me to understand um my mind wouldn't allow me to understand how a guy gets to this place that he is this desperate for? Like I had never experienced a man that way. So it ended up being a therapy session for me. And we talked about his ex-wife and his children and all kinds of shit. Cause I was literally trying to figure him out. So anyway, we spent the whole weekend together going to these events, these BDSM events. And I took on the role as a dom, like just like that. And lo and behold, I was fucking good at it. I never even thought in my whole life that I would be good at something like that or even to do it. I even researched it, how to do it, um, how to do it, right? So I tried to figure out how to be a dom and I did research and stuff. And I mean, and it was okay. I learned a lot. I met some great people and I had a great weekend. And um, when I left this weekend, surprisingly, I had, uh, he wanted me to be his sub to continue to be, he wanted to continue to be my sub. And I was not interested. And then I had someone else who was interested in being my sub. So, you know, it gets around if you're dumb. People want to talk to you about being their sub and things that they want. And it's really just about taking care of a person that needs to be taken care of. So I know it sounds good, right? Like you're in a power position. You get to tell people to do stuff. But it's fucking exhausting. Like I don't even like to interact with people that much. So if I have a guy that wants me to tell him what to do and to take care of him and to he wants to take care of me and do stuff for me and I got to give him permission and blah 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 that's exhausting for me I'm like uh so needless to say I was really good at it because I you know I'm, I'm a strong woman I'm a strong woman I'm decisive I think linear most of the time you know so I just kind of things need to happen and I'm not afraid of a challenge so the person who organized the weekend followed up with me and was, you know, kind of giving me some pointers on it, how to do it, what to do with contracts. And, you know, she kind of walked me through a lot of it because a part of me thought I could manifest this as a part of myself in my real life. Like I could be a dom and have some subs in my real life. But the reality was I just really didn't fucking care. I didn't, it didn't matter. And I just didn't have the energy to put into it. So um, I just thought I'd share that with you guys because I know you guys probably don't think about that. Um, you probably never thought about that, <laughs> that I spent some time as a dom, which was, it was cool. You know, it was really cool. And, you know, men who are subs, they uh, tend to have a lot of money and uh, they tend to need a lot of attention and they probably need some therapy. So, and I just wasn't, you know, I could, that's not something I could commit to. I couldn't commit to taking care of somebody like that on a regular basis. So for me, being a dom was, the experience was really interesting and I learned a lot about myself, how strong I am and um, how I'm really not up for any bullshit. And that, you know, a lot of that coincided, you know, it was like I was single and a few years outside of my divorce and I was traveling a lot and to be put in a power position to tell somebody what to do, how to do it. And then all they want to do is take care of you. That was really kind of, um, I kind of got drunk off that moment for a little while, but 
you know, I let it go because it is exhausting. And I still hear from the guy every now and then. He wants to know how I'm doing, if I have a new sub yet, you know, that kind of thing. And I don't. So I'm not even interested in having one. But I do think that people don't know the stuff that you have had going on. And people don't know who you are unless you share that, you know, things about you. And one of the things about Joy Exposed is I try to maintain a level of transparency and to let you guys in on this. So you know that when you have these thoughts and you have these desires, it's okay. It's perfectly normal to have them. <laughs> so if you want to be a sub, let somebody know you want to be a sub. It's a whole lifestyle out there. People will gladly have you if you want to be a dom then go ahead and do that. There's a whole lifestyle out there. Whatever you want is out there and you just have to be safe and you have to be responsible because you always have to wonder about the amount of karma you're putting out there too. That's for me too. I'm like, I don't want to put out any bad karma because I don't want to have to pay it back. You know, so you know, so you have to really make sure you're not mistreating people, whatever it is you're choosing and that you're choosing for goodness. Like you want pleasure from it. And um, it's not to limit somebody's movements or to control them. It's still trying to help lead somebody to a place. And but it, for me, as for a man, you know, I just I can't see men in that light because um, I just expect men to take on a leadership role in the relationships, period. So I don't really see myself leading them. I just see myself being led by I. I I see myself being led by. So that's really just a difficult space to be in. And I, I don't want to, you know, I just, you know, I was good at it. And I think that helps me with dealing with men that I meet now because I'm so black and white about what they're saying and how they're doing it and whatever. And they find out very early that I'm not one to be fucked with. And um, that can be very intimidating to a lot of people. So anyway, I just thought I'd share that, that I spent some time as a dom. And uh, I didn't, I don't have any great pictures or anything. I talked about it in my book. It was a lot of fun for the time that I had. I met some great people and people with lots of money and prestigious positions and the, uh, just all kinds of stuff, you know. So it's a, pe it's a lifestyle and people who get in it, they love it. So it just wasn't for me, but I did enjoy it while I did it. And it helps, helped me to become very strong and to know that, People are only going to move around you as you'll allow them. And you set boundaries for yourself. So that was really good for me. And I appreciate that, that experience. So anyway, just thought I'd share that. So let's see what else is on my, what else am I talking about tonight? I had so much fun talking last week that now I'm just trying to search and see what I want to talk about. And earlier today, I had all kinds of stuff on my brain that I was going to talk about. Now I'm like, blah, 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 blah blank so let's see it's what time is it not almost 9 40 so listen at uh right now you guys can do it now it doesn't matter if you're interested in getting a um tumblr a, a personalized tumblr you can send me an instant message i'll take the first two people so if you're going to send an instant message send it now send it with your name and that you want a tumblr and then I'll get you, um, I'll get your address and what you want on it. And then we'll have it made by STM Specialties. So you can have your personalized Tumblr. I've already given away a couple of them and they're a lot of fun. So um, if you want one, send me an instant message. First two, we'll get it. Now, here's a topic that's always tricky for people who are single and people who are in relationships. In, and I'm... Um, transitioning to this because I just came out of the dominatrix uh, conversation and this is about and people have talked about it I've never had the opportunity to experience this but it is a common conversation and I have been invited to do it so when people talk about threesomes or uh, group sex experiences orgies that type of thing so I had a conversation with a guy about three weeks ago we were playing golf and um, I we the conversation turned into a sex conversation. It wasn't just me and the guy. It was a group of us and it turned into a sex conversation. And the conversation turned into multiple sex partners at the same time. So threesomes, orgies, that type of thing. 
And um, I was saying, one of the things that I say about myself is I don't have sexual boundaries. I've never, I've never had sexual boundaries. And the reason I haven't is because I know so much about myself. And I've said before, I've always studied my body. I've always studied my body, my own body through experiencing myself, books, movies, any kind of literature I've learned about it. I can talk about sex from the most clinical aspect to sucky porn. Like it doesn't matter to me. And I don't have, it's not embarrassing to me. It's a very um, fluid conversation and it's a real conversation because so many people don't know their bodies. Now, because I am such a free spirited, open person, I have been asked several times to come into uh, relationships as a third person, as a partner, or participating with someone in a sexual experience with somebody else and that type of thing. But I've never been interested in it. I mean, I I think I'm not interested in it because I, I hate to be so blunt, and I don't know how many people are listening, but I've never really been interested in it because I'm not interested in pussy. Like, I would probably be more interested if it was two men, but not with a woman. So, but men will ask, and it's with another woman, and I'm not interested in that. But no two men that I know are like, hey, let's get together with such and such. It's going to be me, you, and him. Like, And that hasn't happened. So it's been more a line along the lines of a man and a woman, and they invite me in. I'm not interested. And I don't know that I'm necessarily going to get any pleasure from it. I'm pleasure on my own, so I have pleasure for myself. And now I found myself the weirdest thing. I found myself in such a pleasing, loving relationship that I don't have desires for anybody else. So during the conversation, this is how it happened. The guy was asking me if my guy asked me to bring a third in to our bedroom, would I be okay with that? since I was so open sexually. Hi there, Warren. Hi, Angela. Hi, Edie. My Edie. So he asked me if I would be interested in bringing a third, if my guy asked me to bring a woman into our bedroom, would I? And I was like, no, I wouldn't. And he was like, well, what if he really wanted it? And I was like, then he really wants it. He needs to do that on his own. That has nothing to do with me. And so he just kind of went on with like, so if he's your man and he wants to be with you and somebody else, then I'm like, well, first of all, let's stay, keep it real. My man isn't going to try to get me to do something I don't want to do. If there's somebody trying to get me to do something I don't want to do, and I have reasons for not wanting to do it, then it's not my man. And that's a reason for me not to be in the relationship. So I was telling him, I said, well, you have to think of it like this. If a man is interested in having sex with two women, he needs to set it up to have sex with two women, including my man. And I told him this. If you want to have sex with two women, with two women, set that shit up. It ain't got nothing to do with me. I don't have to know about it. We ain't got to talk about it. Don't tell me it's happening. Don't tell me you're setting it up. Do you. You're a grown-ass man. Do your thing. And that's what I think people miss about being adults in relationships. You don't have to get approval for somebody else to do things that you want to do. Now, do I want him to be sexually involved with someone else? Of course not. But do I stop him from his desires? Of course not. <laughs> his desires are his desires and they have nothing to do with me. And so the guy was, you know, he kind of kept badgering me about it. And I said, well, first of all, my space with my guy is a loving space. Like, that's a loving space that we share together. I'm not inviting a stranger into my loving space. I'm not, I'm not inviting a stranger into that. That doesn't make sense to me because that then contaminates our loving space. If he, his desire is to be with two women, then that he needs to do that on his own. Like if my desire is to be with two men, I'm going to do that on my own. It's not on my guy to find a guy to bring it to our bedroom. And I think a lot of couples get lost in that. And a lot of couples lose sight of the fact that they're in a relationship because they're not, they they brought a contaminant into the bedroom, into their space. So it doesn't matter if they all came in and fucked for the night. When it's over, the thought is we all fucked for the night. 
and that thought doesn't go away and you process it over and over and over and over and over hi there all those all that love i'm getting thank you it looks like it might be joyous emoji my daughters i can't really tell so it looks like um i'm getting all this love over and over thank you so if you're going to contaminate your loving space then to me it's not worth it because I you're not you're gonna process it over and over and I don't want to process it over and over it's easier to have a sexual experience with someone that you're not in love with and to release it than to bring somebody into your loving space and to now taint that relationship because the thought doesn't go away so you know he kind of went on and you know on and on and you know kind of back and forth and we had this conversation and one of the ladies that was there was talking about how listen to this she did it for her now ex-husband she did it for her ex-husband well at the time it was her husband and she did it for her husband and then guess what all this shit went south after that and they got divorced because he couldn't he didn't like the idea that she was possibly with that woman before. So he's generating these thoughts in his mind about what he thought it was instead of what it truly was. She brought the woman in for him. He was jealous of the way that she interacted with the woman. He had a good time while he was in it. But after the fact, when he's processing it and his thoughts are going on and on, he couldn't release it, right? He couldn't release it and he um, got caught up in that. And she said it was the demise of their marriage, right? So that's a tough space to be in. Now, I won't ever tell anybody not to do something. If you're gonna have a threesome, have a threesome. If you're gonna go to orgy, go to orgy. Do whatever it is you're going to do, but do it in the capacity that you can still process tomorrow and love yourself. And if it's with your partner, love your partner. And it doesn't matter how many packs you make. Because you can't stop the mind from fucking working. <laughs> we can never shut the mind down. The mind will think about what it wants to think about. And it will ruminate over something that, what if this, what if this, what if this, what if this. So that's a tough space to be in. So my faceless love is my guy, love him to death. If he asked me to bring a woman into our bedroom, I would laugh. I'd be like, motherfucker, bye. <laughs> I ain't bringing no woman. Go get you two more. And leave their asses at the Hampton Inn, the Motel 6. Leave them somewhere, but you don't get to bring them in our space. You don't get to taint a space that I've allowed myself to love and be comfortable and be happy. Will not be tainted by something that you just decided to do on a whim. Nope. Doesn't work that way. Not that way for me. So I think we have these ideas of what pleasure means to us and where we're supposed to get our pleasure from. We're, <laughs> I think we have these ideas of, uh, I knew that was you, Joya, with all those love, all those hearts. Hi, Warren. I love you too. Hi, Keisha. So I think we have these ideas of where pleasure is supposed to come from. And you think the more people you can have involved in your pleasure, the more pleasure you're going to have. Well, I'm going to help you guys with something. Play, your pleasure is very personal. Like the pleasure I receive is very personal. And <laughs> So my focus is always to please me. So, but my thought is if I'm pleasuring myself, if I'm pleasing myself, my guy will be pleased too, right? So it's not um, ignore me and focus on him. It's giving pleasure, teaching pleasure for me, getting my own pleasure. And then it's like putting my air mask on first. I'm going to get mine. Like I'm taken care of. But people think I'm going to bring all these people into my loving space. But when you're thinking about bringing all the people in, keep in mind, everybody's focused on pleasing themselves. It's not necessarily you. When my, when you're in a loving relationship or you're married, that's an extension of who you are. You are sharing a bond, something very special. And when you bring something into that bond, it definitely taints the bond. And some people some people may say it made us stronger or it made us, maybe, I don't know. I'll, I'm speaking from an eye perspective. When you're faced with an opportunity to bring someone into your relationship, for me, I'm going to say no. Now, my, like I said, my guy can do it on his own, but you don't, you don't get to bring somebody in for me. I'm not participating. I don't want, um, 
I don't want to be making love to my guy and have some guy I don't know fucking me. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be trying to figure out how to eat somebody's cooch. I'm not going to do that. And I don't want somebody trying to figure out how to eat my cooch. I'm not interested in that at all. As open as I am sexually, that's not something that I'm going to do in my loving relationship. Now, I've been in situations to watch this. I'm a voyeur. Now, I'm a voyeur by any means. I'm a voyeur. And I also love men. So I'm not saying that I have not been open to the uh, immediate carnal response to a person. All I'm saying is I'm not opening myself up to this multiple personality interaction because I'm not wired that way. I'm not, I'm not even a person that's wired to be friends with benefits. I'm not even wired to that. I'm I like, you know, I'd say the same thing. Shit, we can fuck once, but we can't fuck twice. I can't do that because I be trying to plan stuff. Like, well, let's go to the movie. Let me, uh, let's go to dinner. Maybe I'm going to try to cook. Let me do this. He said he need. I'm a processor like that. So I don't do stuff like that, which is um, put me in a great space to be in such a yummy relationship because now all of those things that I want to do, I can do because I'm in such a yuck, yummy space and I don't have to deal with the yuck anymore. So I just wanted to share like some th those kind of personal things about me because we talk about so much good stuff on the show, processing our thoughts, how to move forward on our path. And that's a part of it. We all, we're all carnal. We have carnal desires like our tummy, our tummy rumbles for food. We all sit up wanting to be with somebody, wanting to be touched and loved and hugged. And we have to figure out what it's worth to us. What's the process of it, right? We got to figure that out. And um, try exploring our carnal desires is one of the ways that we figure out how much we can take, what we're willing to do. So I'm not ashamed to talk about any of it. I've, writ I've written about it in my books. I'm very open about it. I'm very open about the person that I am. And I'm very open about the fact that I've studied my body. I studied my body. I read, I spent hours in the library trying to figure out how my body works. Where's the pleasure? Where it's supposed to come from? How do I find it if it's not there? So I'm always very focused on me. And that's one of the one of the great joys of the woman that I am is because I've always been in control of my sexual um, encounters. I, no, one, no one used me sexually. The first time I was with someone, it was something that I chose. I chose the person. I set it up. I was on top of it. Like I literally, I was on top of it the first time. Like I knew that nobody could side talk me or sweet talk me wanting this and wanting that. Cause I had already read, I already read too much. I knew too much. No, I don't want to be with you. No, you can't do that to me. No, 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 no. And so I was very um, empowered by that, which makes me a very strong um, woman. It makes me very focused and assertive and doing and, um, coming and loving myself and being a part of the experience and not letting somebody take advantage of me. So we're down to what? How many minutes we got left? Oh, so I have like seven minutes left. So I was going to tell you guys a quick little story. Um, I had to, I was at an event and I was supposed to make jello shots for the event. And y'all know I don't cook. I've already said that. And I'm a very I'm serious. I cook, well, I cook a little bit. But anyway, I was supposed to make jello shots for this event. And I didn't put any water in the jello shots. I only put liquor in them. And so it was a bunch of women there. And the women, it was a bunch of women and men there. It was a big event, like a cookout or something. And so the women started chiding me about not being able to cook. She can't even make jello shots. She can't cook. Ha ha ha. Y'all know how women get petty. Ha 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 ha. So they going on and on and on. And I just was sitting there like, I don't give a fuck. Eat them jello shots and get drunk. That's what that's why I made them eat them and get drunk. All that vodka in them, eat them bitches. So they kept going on and on about me not being able to cook. And I don't say anything about it because I don't deny it and I don't care. Like I cook for, I cook when I want to cook. I, I'm inspired to cook. I cook for my faceless love. I don't know that. And you know, he eats. I don't know if it's good. 
<laughs> but I cook for him. I'm inspired to cook for him. But I don't give that part of myself away to a man just because he's a man and he wants me to cook. And I'm not trying to have some battle with somebody about whether I can cook or not. Oh, what the fuck? It's the 21st century. We can eat 24 hours a day. Who cares whether I cook or not? But whatever. Back to the story. So the women are going on and on and on. So they get in, honey, talking to their husbands. She made the, Joycelyn made the jello shots. She didn't put no water in them. So they strong. They going on and on. The men laughing. Let me try one. Da, da, da. So I finally was just like, these bitches tripping in here. Like, I can't believe this. They making a big deal out of it. Because I didn't put any water in the jello shots. Who cares? So anyway, so a couple more comments are made. And I said, hold on. Let me help you guys with something. Because you guys seem to enjoy the fact that I can't cook. And I don't deny that. And yes, I did make the jello shots. And I didn't put water in it, which says I don't know how to make jello. Why the fuck would I make jello? I, that's never even crossed my mind that I'm going to make jello. I use jello for jello shots. So I'm like, so, but let me help you guys with something while you're figuring this out. And the guys are like, what? You don't know how to cook? That's why you're single, da, 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 da. And I said, no, that's not why I'm single. I'm single because I'm single. Like, you know, whatever. Food ain't going to keep a man anywhere. And they were like, oh, yeah, but it get him home. And it's this and da, da, da. They go on and say, I said, well, let me help you guys out so we can end this conversation about me. You guys talk about something else. I said, my expertise are not in the kitchen. My expertise are in the bedroom. And silence dropped across the whole fucking house was quiet. And the women were like looking at me like, oh, I can't believe you said that. And the men were looking at me like, yes. Teach some classes to the bitches who spend too much time in the kitchen. So, because the men start making those comments, then the women are upset. <laughs> like, teach some classes to the bitches that can cook because they need help in the bedroom. You know, so it kind of shifted the energy. But I'm like, you got to be true to who you are. I, I'm, listen, nobody around me has ever gone hungry. Nobody. I've raised three children, happy, healthy, brilliant children. I didn't cook a lot. And if Joy is still on here, she's probably laughing because she knows. But I didn't cook a lot. But nobody's been hungry. Nobody's needed anything. And they've always gotten plenty of love. And that's who I am. So, but I am well aware of me and the things that I'm good at. And I'm very open about them, whether I'm crying about losing a student, whether I'm crying about I'm depressed or thinking about the fact that I climbed a mountain or whether I'm reminiscing and thinking back of the time that I spent as a dominatrix or whether I'm sitting here talking about the fact that that's right, kill him dead. Or while I'm sitting here thinking about the fact that I've been invited to threesomes and finally figuring out why I'm not interested in having a threesome or why I'm not interested in being a part of that dynamic. And I, it could be because I'm definitely on my own accord. Like I do my own thing. I'm a great lover. And I don't know if faceless love is listening tonight because he hasn't made a comment, he hasn't texted me, but I'm a great lover. Like, so he he's not going to deny that I'm a great lover. I am. And um, I spend time on that. That's where I spend my time. And that's where I like to think that I'm an expert in knowing myself and finding ways of pleasure and pleasing myself without getting lost in the bullshit. So it's 9.58. We've had an awesome, awesome show tonight. It's been a whole hour already, and I've celebrated my sweet Nia, who passed away last week, and we're going to put her to rest on Saturday. And um, just thank you guys for your comments and for your love and your attention and your support. And you know what? We're moving forward. We've got tons of stuff to do. we got a book almost finished, book number four almost finished. I'll be in Gainesville on Sunday. I'm super excited about it. Faceless Love just sent me a text message and said, no, I'm not going to deny that. You are a great lover. <laughs> so he don't worry about me cooking. He's like, yes, right? So that's funny. But uh, yeah, so, you know, we're moving forward. We got a lot of great things going on. And I appreciate all of you and all of your amazing support. And remember, if you guys are interested in getting a Yeti, send me a, um, send me a message through instant messenger and we'll get that all worked out and I'll get you a Yeti. Well, Yeti like Stephanie's going to kill me like a Yeti. Uh, one of those insulated um, 
uh, thermoses, right? So like a cup, and it's about a 16 ounce, I believe. So remember, when this is over, you can download all of the episodes on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. Follow me on SoundCloud. I need followers on SoundCloud. I'd appreciate that. Thank you so much. My books are available, of course. I've tried to do um, a bedtime story on tact. That's out there. I have a link out there to read one of the other stories. So there's tons of information out there. Anything you can find on my website at joycelynwells.com. I'll put the address in um, the comments if you need to, if you need it. But go see what's on my website. Tell me what you see. Tell me if you want something different. And um, as I always say, you could be doing anything, but you're doing me. Thank you for spending this hour with me. It's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. And remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. Good night, Facebook. Love you all. Bye.